And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The second half of the NFL season is here, and not only are the New York Jets playing meaningful games, you could definitely easily argue that they are playing the biggest game on the NFL schedule in week number 10 against the New England Patriots. We're going to get you ready for it. Tim McMaster here, along with Marissa Dunn, and a man who apparently doesn't know what he's talking about, Zach Rosenblatt, our (laughs) Jets reporter. Um, And that's where we want to start. Um, Let's get right into this. This This was Zach Wilson. Yesterday at practice, <laughs> as we record this on Friday morning, you were pretty emotional when you came off the field against them a couple of weeks ago. How, how do you put those emotions, keep those emotions out of the way from this game? I thought they were good emotions. I mean, I was frustrated, and you know, I still believe nobody outside of this building knows what they're talking about. So, and then the little sly the, smile, the freeze frame, it was perfect there. <laughs> um, so, let's start there. Um, you were in the building at the time, so I don't know if that matters. I, I feel like he was. I was standing right across from him there, so yeah. maybe maybe I'm the reason he said that. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he was thinking of the media as being outside the building, though. It is funny though because he said, you know, he thought it was good frustration. He was frustrated after that game about how it went. He seems like maybe he's finally getting frustrated about the media and the way that people have talked about him this season. And to be honest, Zach, I can't blame him. I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago, right before he played so well against the Bills. Everyone was taking shots at Zach Wilson. Um, It's hard not to hear that. I'd be frustrated. Um, I thought it was fine that he said what he said yesterday with a smile on his face. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's fine. I I don't know that he should be, um, I don't know, like saying nobody knows what they're talking about kind of thing. I, I don't think that argument is ever particularly good because what everybody was talking about after that game was his terrible interceptions, which he admitted were bad. So, um, and those people that were talking about it were former NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, exactly. Like the whole week after it wasn't like it was just local media doing it. Like that, that's why New York media gets a bad rap because everybody just like lumps everything in with New York media, but it was a national thing. Like everybody was talking about it. Um, yeah. You know, he, I mean, it's, it's good that he's pushing back a little bit. This, but the thing is like, if he goes out and does that again, it's, uh, it's going to be a rough, rough week. So he's putting more pressure on himself. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he can't do what he did yeah. the last time now because he just put a target on his back. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody knows what they're talking about. If he goes and throws three interceptions again and they lose because of him again, like it's, that feels like ages ago at this point, but it was only two games on the, in terms of like the, their schedule. So um, it is crazy. how quickly think like the conversations change because of how good the bills game went, but very quickly things could change again. It's not like it's easy to go on the road and win in New England. I know this team's undefeated on the road. So it would be kind of perfect for this team if they get their first Patriots win and it's not even at home. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, all the pressure is on him this week. I, I mean, obviously other players have pressure too, but uh, 
because I think that the Jets have more talent than the Patriots for the first time in forever. It's uh, it's all on Zach's shoulders. He probably knows that even if he doesn't want to admit it and he's going to get criticized if he's bad again. So. Yeah, we're going to get more into the game and the other parts of the game, what's going on with the roster right now. But we're going to keep talking about Zach, at least to start here. You know, you you think about I feel like there's a little bit of a chip there with him on the shoulder, which can be a good thing. Um, but you just said it. If he does, if he does it again, then eh, that's it. Right. That's that. He's the difference. He's the reason this team is is losing games, um, because that was specifically the problem. If you look back at that game and we'll get a little more into the specifics of week eight as well as we get into this thing. But they weren't just three random interceptions. They really yeah. were key interceptions. Um, and I think that's what people were talking about more than anything. Now he continues to be backed up by the team, by his coach, who I think I don't remember the exact wordage by Robert Sala this week. It was about something how like ha- we're blaming this guy for four. It was or about five how he's mistakes. being held hostage for four or five mistakes. But right. I mean, those well, four three or five of mistakes. them cost you yeah. the game. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, I, I get what Salah's saying. And it, it, the, the reaction was probably too extreme after that game in reality. Uh, I think it was, I think the criticism was warranted because as, as we talked about then, it's not like those were like new mistakes he was making. That was stuff he'd been doing. And that was like the first time the other team capitalized on it really. So, um, you hope that as we talked about going into the bills game, that maybe it's that three interception game serves as a, a lesson going forward. You know, you saw them getting the ball out of his hands quicker this last game, which they hadn't really done all year. He's clearly better when he's doing that. I know it's not easy to do necessarily like the receiver needs to be there. He needs to be confident in where he's going with the ball. A lot of times it's his first read, uh, and when his first read's not there, that's when he falls and comes into trouble. So um, I'm curious to see if they run the offense the same way this week. They need to run the ball more. They didn't really run it very much that week. They just gotten James Robinson. He wasn't quite ready to contribute yet. Michael Carter didn't have a great game. Um, so if they get the running game going and they get some fast, quick passes to, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, maybe. Uh, imagine that. And uh, Tyler Conklin, guys like that. Like I, I just think that's that's going to be their path to a victory. Yeah, absolutely. And the path to snapping this losing streak, right? That is now up to 13 games against the Patriots. Uh, if you don't remember week eight, Zach Wilson was 21 of 40, 355. That sounds great. Two touchdowns sounds great. Mostly in the, and then the garbage the three time, interceptions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, career high in yardage, career high tied for touchdowns. Um, and he made some great throws. I went back yeah. and watched like the extended highlight reel. I didn't watch the whole game, but um, I leave that to you. <laughs> Not Zach. a sicko, yeah. But I watched like the... Um, NFL.com does like the 15 minute, like all mm. the interesting plays reels. I, I went back and watched through that. And, and you, you know, because it was, we were so critical of him after that game, you, you forget like he had the great throw to Garrett Wilson in the first quarter that led to the, the field yeah. goal. Uh, there was another nice long drive that put them up 10, three. Uh, the then he had the Conklin touchdown throw too. was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Great throw to Conklin for the touchdown. Um, and they were in position at that point. That looked like they were, they A, looked like the better team, B, looked like they were in a good position. Uh, then at the end of the half, when they had a chance to get points, instead he turns it over. Patriots get points. Patriots start the second half with the ball. Patriots get a touchdown and they never look back after that. And that's that whole third, second quarter, third quarter swing. If you, uh, you know, if you get the ball to start the second half. And then he, the other two interceptions just kind of, you know, got away from him from there and the game went downhill, but you mentioned the timing and I think you had this out there that against the bills, 2.11 seconds 
was his time releasing the ball against the Patriots last time around. 3.3 seconds. I mean, that's yeah. over a second difference. That's, that's massive. A long, and it that's, shows. that's ages. Yeah, that's ages. And yeah. when you're in the pocket or out of the pocket is in his case. Um, and like 2.1 is really fast. You don't need him to throw it in 2.1 seconds every time, probably. But like the, I mean, the reality is it's probably either 2.1 seconds or over three, because if it's 2.1, that means he made the throw quickly. If it's not, that means he was getting out of the pocket kind of thing, probably because he, he hasn't yet been somebody who's shown that he's uh, quite good at going away, for, like going to the second read, going to the third read, like progress, going through his progressions and stuff yet. So a lot of it's the first and second read. And that's kind of why you haven't seen Elijah Moore get the ball at all, because he's not one of those first couple reads. And Zach's just not really looking in the direction of those reads, which um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots defend that, because Belichick is really good against young quarterbacks. I know that's the cliche, but it's true. So he's going to try and force Zach to look to that third read. And the offensive line, you know, they were able to overcome the issues in the offensive line, I think in part because of those quick passes. Uh, it's still banged up. You know, maybe a week off is going to be a good thing for this group. Uh, Max Mitchell, I don't think will play yet this week. Uh, I imagine he'd come back next week. So you're still going to have Cedric at right tackle and the rest of the group. Nate Herbig's banged up. Uh, he'll probably play, I imagine. Uh, but he's, he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday and he's going to be limited on Friday, which is already like a shorter practice anyway. So it's not like he's a hundred percent, which isn't ideal. They just brought, we're going to talk about this. They just brought somebody back to, uh, to help out a little bit. I, I can't imagine he would play this week. So the offensive line has a tough task. Uh, Patriots D line is good. Their defense is good. And so if, and as we've talked about all season, Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback against pressure in the league. And he's the worst quarterback when he holds the ball longer than two and a half seconds in the league. So, um, or Kenny Pickett, maybe he was like the only one worse than him. So it's, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. You know, we, we, we've seen that he's better when he's getting the ball out of his hands, when he has a clean pocket, we haven't seen him improve yet when he's under pressure. And that's like the key to unlocking what he can be is if he's, they don't need him to be the best quarterback under pressure. They need him to not be the worst quarterback under pressure. All right. You mentioned it. You teased it there. So we'll transition there. Let's talk about Laurent Tavarne Tardif. Um, maybe the most interesting man in the NFL. <laughs> He's back yeah, again the with the Jets. Um, this is, I mean, if anybody doesn't remember, obviously he was a Jet last year. He started seven games for them. But during the pandemic, he left the Chiefs to work in a hospital um, and, and against COVID, he came back to the NFL and he left the NFL again. He was doing his residency in Montreal. He's left that now to, to rejoin the jets. Um, and this happened pretty quick, Zach. Yeah. I, it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. In my back of my mind, I thought about like, is he going to play again this year? I knew he was doing his residency. Um, I didn't really think about the possibility of him coming back here necessarily. By the way, Connor just tried calling me. He clearly knows I'm on this, so he's trying to disrupt the podcast recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, but just block him. <laughs> yeah, I should just block him on every app, honestly. Um, yeah, so so he they they had him in for a workout on Wednesday. We kind of caught the end of it. Uh, he was talking to Joe Douglas and John Benton, the offensive line coach. You you wonder? I think you wonder if he's like in shape because he he's been a doctor for the last you know six months, eight months, whatever, which is you know pretty amazing stuff. Apparently he. We're we'll probably talk to him in the locker room today. I imagine if he's in there, he, I don't know how you have the time to, I mean, I have some friends who are doctors. Actually they work out too. I'm, I'm just a bum and I don't work out. <laughs> I, I don't handle my time. Well, but in my head, it seemed staying in football shape while you're also being a doctor um, or he was in residency, I guess, but you're still like being a doctor. Like that seems wild to me. Uh, but the, they clearly saw enough. Uh, what they saw, they liked what they saw. He's a veteran guy. He started like seven games from last year. He's, he's a perfect backup to have. 
guy you can rely on. I uh, can't imagine he'd be ready to play in the next couple of weeks, but you know, if Herbig's thing gets worse, I, I would trust him probably at right guard more than like a Dan Feeney. Uh, and they don't really have anyone else, honestly, like most of their guys in the practice squad are like tackles. So it's, uh, and especially now that they don't have their Jack of all trades anymore with Elijah Bear Tucker gone. So um, I, they kind of needed him and it's, it's a sneaky good signing because getting a veteran who you can rely on this late in the year, like, again, he's not going to be like a pro bowl type guy, but if you can have a veteran that can plug in, if somebody else gets hurt, then um, that, that could wind up being a, a positive signing, but I, I can't imagine he'd be ready to go yet. It's a guy that won a super bowl. Um, granted the weak link on that super bowl championship team was the offensive line, but that <laughs> said he did, he did win a super bowl with the chiefs um, and Patrick Mahomes. And he's, He's not going to be scared of the bright lights as the Jets play these meaningful games in December where most of this roster won't. Let's go there real quick. Um, has has anybody really discussed? I know the goal was to play these meaningful games in December and we're not quite to December yet. But with that, there comes the added pressure, right? There comes pressure. There comes some other stuff. Um, has anybody discussed being ready for that challenge? Sorry, I'm trying to FaceTime now. <laughs> this guy is out of control. Um, yeah, actually, today, Robert Sala, he had a... Let me find, pull up the quote because it was a funny quote. Um, oh, here, where is it? Right here. He said, it's like Kenny Rogers. You don't count at the table. You know, just referencing the Kenny Rogers song. Um, the idea being that, you know, they're not... They can't really look ahead. They can't think beyond this. They, they just have to focus on where they're at. But he was... He, did, he had an interesting quote where he was, you know, someone asked him about... The whole conversation has always been playing meaningful games in December. And they're clearly, even if they lost their next two games, they would still be playing meaningful games in December. And he said, it's just, it's easier to coach your players when you have something to play for beyond just their paycheck. Uh, it, you know, they take the coaching better. Everybody's maybe trying a little harder, like all that stuff. Like if the one thing you're not playing, because the Jets, by now, most years, these guys are just playing for their jobs, essentially. Now, th th these guys are playing to make the playoffs. So, it's a it's a much different vibe. I, I I I get his point too. Like every everything seems like it's flowing perfectly when you're winning, and when you're losing, everybody's ready to fire everybody. So this is like a different vibe than the Jets have felt in a long time. How they respond to it, we're gonna find out over this stretch. As we talked about when we predicted the rest of the schedule, like the schedule is really hard coming up, especially with the bad teams not being as bad as you would expect. Like the the Seahawks, who are legit good, and the Bears are competitive and dangerous. So it's uh. Yeah, the, the vibe is definitely different. Uh, I mean, look, it's November 18th. I don't think you guys have ever had a meaningful podcast this late in the season. <laughs> that wasn't about like free agency and the draft. Definitely already. not. We were talking, we yeah. had like Dane Brugler on it this yeah. year yeah. last year. So that, that's why Dane's funny. probably like, why haven't I been on the <laughs> yeah. show? Yeah. yeah. It's, well, that's, so I've, I've been doing some of these like Instagram live things because, you know, Twitter's dying. So I'm trying to build that <laughs> up over there. Um, and I, uh, somebody asked me like, so what, what do you think about uh, what the Jets are going to do in the draft? Like, what are some prospects we should keep an eye on? I'm like, buddy. I don't know a single thing about this draft other than like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and the Jets yeah. are not going to be drafting either of them. So um, it's a good feeling. Even when I covered the Giants, you kind of had to start thinking ahead a little bit. Um, when I covered the Eagles, there that wasn't quite the case. So it's uh, for for the, for New York, both teams, really, this is like a new a new concept, like being in November. Not I, I've seen many jokes from reporters, you know, Tankathon, the website that updates the the draft order every week. Like no Jets reporters are checking that every week when whenever anybody tweets out like the top 18, the, the Jets are never in there anymore. So it's a it's a wild thing. And um, it's a 
I mean, that's a good feeling to, to be around for everybody. Like I, I, a lot of times fans think that like reporters are rooting for the team to lose uh, just because they're writing bad things about a bad team. But that is not the case. Everything is better for everybody when a team is winning. Business is better. People are reading more of my stories. Our podcasts do better when the team is winning. Like if, if you look at our numbers after a win versus a loss, it's it's pretty stark, I would say. Um, so yeah, that I think it's it's just kind of cool being in New York right now between the Giants and the Jets, even though I, I feel like everybody's still skeptical of if the Giants thing is real. Um, we'll see this week if they can beat a, a crappy Lions team. The Jet the Jets have a little tougher, tougher sledding going forward. And if they can do it with all the guys they've lost and stuff, like um, I'm sure at some point we'll start talking about this, but I think Robert Sala deserves if they, especially if they went on Sunday, he deserves more pub for coach of the year, honestly, than he's getting. You've heard Dable, you've heard Sirianni, uh, maybe even heard some Pete Carroll. I haven't really seen much pe- many people really bringing up Sala, and uh, they were 32nd in defense last year, and they're a top five defense this year so far. So um, he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like Joe Douglas is getting more credit for this than Robert Sala, but eventually the love yeah. goes all around when you uh, exactly you turn yeah. around and make left around. All right, one more injury thing I wanted to get into uh, before we get back to the Patriots a little more, and that is Corey Davis officially out for Sunday. He was kind of he's been day to day for yeah. weeks. I feel like he wasn't really day to day, but anyway, he's still day to day. What are you talking? But about? he's out for Sunday. Um, Robert Sala talked this week about Elijah Moore and the fact that he had gotten more action in the slot. Said he's not moving to the slot officially, but he would continue to see more action in the slot. Um, You mentioned that, hey, he's usually the third look and Zach doesn't generally get to the third look. But is there a world where they try to find a way to get Elijah Moore the ball against the Patriots? Um, I mean, if they were ever going to, I I would think it would be this week. problem is again it goes back to like i don't if he's not at the top of the read and they're not like manufacturing touches for him like they do for like barrios like that's what i would do i would try and get something going out of the backfield like we've talked about with his explosiveness and stuff but you know garrett wilson's still gonna be a priority over him so is michael carter out of the backfield sort of the tight end so if as long as Corey davis is out that's that would seem to be the opportunity for elijah to capitalize on like the the targets that aren't there because Corey's one of the most targeted receivers they have um you haven't seen it yet, but I, I think this would be the week. Uh, I, I, I think he'll get more targets, but I, I just, I just don't know. Like I, it's a, one of those things again, until we see it, we have to, we can't really believe that it's going to happen. So um, I am very curious to see how that plays out this week. There will be opportunities to get in the ball. I think he like, again, like doing, if he's playing the slot and they're doing quick passes, you would think that he'd get the ball, but he also played 18 snaps in the slot against the bills and didn't get a single target, didn't even look in his direction. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I think the Patriots are probably going to try and contain Garrett Wilson. He had a really good game against them, so I imagine they're going to direct a lot of their attention toward him. And so that would presumably open some things up in the middle of the field for Elijah, Braxton Berrios, the tight ends, Michael Carter. So I, I think Elijah will have a bigger role this week, but I can't say for certain until I see it. Yeah, we will see. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more on the Patriots. We'll look across to the other side and and see this game from their perspective. And, of course, our picks with our latest listener picker. We'll be back in a second. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. When it's Patriots Week, you always have to listen in on what things Bill Belichick will say and generally what he won't say because he rarely <laughs> says anything. But one thing he did say this week, which he continues to talk about, is how much he loves C.J. Mosley. Um, it reminds me, Zach, of back when Ed Reed was playing for the Ravens. Uh, Bill Belichick used to just talk Loved about him, yeah. any chance. And I always assumed like Ed Reed would finish his career. Yeah, yeah. With it's one of those things, yeah. Because like, even if he was kind of over the hill, just just because Belichick, it seemed like, was desperate to coach the guy. And it feels like if the Jets let C.J. Mosley go after the season, like he's going to get a call from New England. But it, just talk, it seems weird to me that Belichick continues to go back to C.J. Mosley just because Reed was different. Reed was on another team, a different division team, right? Even though the Ravens and Patriots at that time played a lot of big games, it wasn't a division game. The Jets are a team that Bill Belichick obviously has more hate for than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> and for him to praise one of their players just surprises him. Not only was he he praising them, but he he brought him up last week when the Jets weren't even playing the Patriots uh, in relate like in relation to Shaquille Leonard on the on the Colts. Like he brought up CJ Mosley out of the blue, his ability to like diagnose a play before it happens, like to call it out and to get the defense prepared for what's coming. And and uh, yeah, and then he complimented him again this week without being prompted about how he's like the quarterback of their defense and stuff like that. Like it is a thing that Belichick does. We did all ask uh, Mosley about it. Um, I think it is. I think it, that's one of the things that makes him so valuable to this defense. He's not quite the athlete that he used to be. That doesn't like get sacks or interceptions, stuff like that. But um, he's a solid tackler in the middle of the field. And he just like, he runs the defense basically. He's the coach out there. And that's been extremely valuable. And uh, the way Bill Belichick talks about him constantly, like, like you said, it, it just feels like if Mosley for, you know, cap reasons is not here next year or whatever. Uh, I imagine Bill Belichick will be one of the first calls uh, he gets to bring him in. I don't think the Jets want Mosley to leave by any means, but um, as he gets older and that, you know, his cap hits like 21 million next year, it's going to be in the back of my mind for sure. All right. The Jets as a whole this week, we talked about Zach Wilson, his comments, but as a whole, I don't know if it was something that was said to them or if they're just on the right page, but there was no bulletin board material. There was no talk of revenge either for last season when they got blown out by the, this Patriots team or week eight when they lost a game that was very winnable to this Patriots game. They're 13th in a row. Nobody's talking about any of that stuff. They're just saying the right things, um, which I, as the season has gone on, I think at the beginning of the year, we kept talking about like oh, Robert Sala keeps saying bad things at the microphone and and this and that. And now they have buttoned things up with the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I mean, I imagine behind closed doors, they're talking about it a little more than they are in, in, in front of the mic. Uh, you know, it's funny. You haven't heard anything about how the, the Patriots ran up the score last year. Cause that was like all anybody was talking about in the, before that last game. 
Um, but yeah, they, they have the right mindset. You know, I, I brought this up to Salah. Um, like DJ Reed, I forget what game it was, at, but after one of their wins recently, he said something along the lines of when we go on the road, it's like we prefer going on the road because it's just us out there. Like they feel like it's us against everybody and they kind of like that and that's kind of why they've been undefeated on the road this season and um it's why you can't really count them out when they when they hit the road like this because they've been so much better when they leave their home and um this is gonna be a really big challenge and we're really gonna find out what they're made of this week uh but yeah it's it's it has been interesting seeing them kind of be quiet i wonder if they win if that will still be the case uh some of these guys i imagine will be able to keep it in so that that's gonna be fun to see on sunday if they finally break this streak against the Patriots go in first place in the division, like all that stuff, like with all the people that have doubted them and, you know, everybody's picking against them again this week. Although I'm, I'm not, <laughs> uh, like, I, I think they're going to let people know that they, uh, they were wrong about this receipts and whatnot. Yeah. And I feel like, I think you're right. I think there's going to be guys in that locker room that just can't control themselves, but I feel like it's too soon. Um, like collect the receipts yeah, yeah, yeah. when you punch year, your yeah. ticket to the playoffs, right? Like get to the playoffs and then collect those receipts. Don't because you know, seven and three is great, but then like, you know, things can slip after that. And you and you just don't want to be. I'm all for guys like, you know, getting that out there when it when the time is right. But I don't know if this is is when the time is right. But I hope they do. That'd be good for us. Yes, absolutely. I, I, it was it's funny. I was uh joking with somebody, I think it actually might have been Connor of all people. Um, <laughs> we were talking about wanting to go to like the Super Bowl in Arizona. And I was, cause I'm, I have like my brother lives out there and the Phoenix open, which is a lot of fun is out there. It's like the golf uh, event where you can, you can be loud and drink on hole 16. <laughs> like people will throw beers onto the hole. If they, somebody gets a hole in one, it's pretty fun. Anyway, we were, I was talking about how I wanted to be out there for that. He's like, maybe, maybe the, the Jets will get there and we'll be out. We'll be out there for uh, the Super Bowl. And, and I was like, well, yeah, that at that point, Robert Sala would finally stop, you know, uh, ignoring the, the receipts comment. Like, I feel like that's when he would finally bring it back. <laughs> yeah. And he should, you know, yeah, have he would earn it at, that at point. some point, have yeah. some fun, right? Yeah. Um, be, be human. Um, <laughs> speaking of the coaching staff, uh, one more thing I wanted to get to before our picks, and that is Michael LaFleur popping up on NFL.com as a rising coaching candidate, as far as head coaching jobs. Now, Paul Saro had this and he did say that like, it's probably too soon. Yeah. But, if the Jets keep this up, wouldn't be surprising for him to at least get an interview or two uh, in the offseason. This is something we talked about when the staff was hired on the podcast. The fact that, like, ideally, you hire Robert Sala, LaFleur is the offensive coordinator. Um, they are extremely successful. LaFleur gets a head coaching job somewhere, and you have somebody else ready to step in and go. And, and that's how it rolls. That's how good teams stay good, is they have people kind of lined up behind it. But LaFleur is so young, but how much do you think it factors into this? The fact that his brother got a head coaching job very young and has been successful. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, they're different people, but from the same, I guess, upbringing, right? Yeah. And they're all part of that Shanahan tree, which is like the most prolific right. one in the NFL these days. Uh, so it's actually I, a good tree as opposed yeah. to the Belichick tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't, nobody talks about the, like, nobody focuses on the positives like the, the Shanahan or the Andy Reid trees, but the, the, the Belichick one is, is pretty rough. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's very interesting to me because, you know, I, I think a big step for him, like, I don't know if he necessarily guys have been hired before they were supposed to sometimes like, and I would think he would be a candidate for that just because of the name brand 
I think he's viewed as a bright offensive mind. Like I've talked to people around the league who talk about even last year, you look at like the play designs were impressive, even if like the results weren't quite there. And you've seen like when he has a quarterback who just runs his offense, how effective it can be with like Mike White and Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco. Um, so it, he's he's definitely like a guy that is going to be on the radar. I wouldn't maybe he even gets some interviews this offseason. Like he wouldn't be the first one to get interviews one year. And then like maybe it's his he gets the real opportunity a year or two from now. He is young, like you said. He hasn't really this is his first time running an offense. Uh this is only second year doing it. I think Zach Wilson needs to make some strides, and that would be like the key to him like getting that next job. Because as of right now, all you see online when you go online is that Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback by all these different metrics. Um, it's not his fault, I don't think. I think LaFleur is doing what he can uh to put Zach in position to succeed, uh, especially with all the injuries they've had and all that stuff and all the drama and and all that. But yeah, he's the guy that if they keep on improving, this offense keeps rising the rankings. You know, if you look at the offense this time next year and they're in the upper half of the league, then I, I, I see him as a future head coaching candidate. So I think it made sense that he, he appeared on that list. Yeah, you think of Brian Dable and the reason he was getting all the serious looks is because of Josh what Allen, he yeah. had done with Josh Allen, right? Taking him from this raw product coming out of Wyoming and turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll see if... I mean, obviously, if that happens and Zach Wilson in a year is considered one of those players, the, I think the, the fan base will happily let LaFleur go on to another opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dan Pompey actually had an amazing uh, uh, like a feature story about Dable. And uh, he pointed out like Dable didn't get his opportunity until he was like in his 40s. because He was an offensive coordinator like three different times. And that staff got fired like the year after all three times. His like record as an offensive coordinator was terrible. Then he gets to the Bills. Josh Allen opportunity. And then he finally is getting his opportunity as a head coach. He got passed up so many times. Like LaFleur hasn't even gone through all of that yet. Uh, and the Jets are successful in his second year as an offensive coordinator. So it, it'll be interesting to see if his timeline is sped up. Like you said, the the name brand thing, It's like it was like the joke that everybody made. If you like even had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you're probably going to get hired by somebody kind of thing. I feel like the Shanahan tree has kind of reached that level where if you're successful and you come from that tree, like you just look around the league, you have Mike McDaniel, you have LaFleur, you have Shanahan. Like there's all these guys that, run the Shanahan offense, the Shanahan system, Sala. Uh, and so he he's he's a part of something. And, you know, he has the name recognition that he, he'll probably get an opportunity maybe even before somebody else who's like more experienced. The play designs, I, I you know, were there last year. And it seems like this year the play calling has taken a step for him too, where it's not just the design, but the order and, and how he's calling those plays. It's definitely, um, I think, been better. We talk so much about Zach Wilson. You know, one thing that's been overlooked, I think, a little bit is that Mac Jones mm. hasn't been very good this year and wasn't really great in that first game. Um, didn't make the mistakes that Zach Wilson did. I wonder, you know, when you look at this Jets defense and how it has progressed week to week and gotten better and better, I, I think they're going to have no trouble handling Mac Jones. Yeah, there's no reason to believe they would have any trouble with him. I mean, they, they handled Josh Allen for the most part. So um, yeah, Mac Jones has taken a step back. I thought he was really promising last year. It's kind of like that quarterback class has really taken like a nosedive this year outside of Justin Fields. Like it seems like everybody else is either hovering like Lawrence going down like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, whatever you think of him. And then you have Justin Fields getting a little better like that. Mac Jones has been disappointing to me. I don't Who knows if it's the the change in coaching, you know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia aren't exactly anyone with quarterback coaching experience. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, how long of a leash they have with Matt, because the fan base loves Bailey Zappi, of course. So, I uh, yeah, the, the Jets, 
he looked really bad in that last game. The Jets defense has made better quarterbacks look worse. So I, I would be it would be very disappointing if all of a sudden they had a bad game against Mac Jones of all people. Uh, it's interesting. It makes you realize that Josh McDaniel is a probably a great offensive coordinator, but then you look at the Raiders and you realize that he is still yeah. not. Yeah, good coordinator does not coach. make good head coach. Yeah. Yeah. He has proven that twice now, leaving Bill Belichick first with the Broncos and, and now with the Raiders. It's been a disaster. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's move on to the picks. And for this week's pick, we are bringing in Nick in 222 on Twitter. We can still reference Twitter, at least for now. It's still <laughs> hanging in. I just checked and Twitter is still there. Uh, the handle is... Noodle two one and that is spelt out T W O O N E. Nick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, y'all. Wrapping um, all the Jets gear and all of it. Yeah, and I love Nick it. Sent me a photo of your dog. I don't know, yep. boy girl. Um, dressed in some Jets gear too. So yeah, love got that. his jersey on today for the occasion. He's sitting, looking out the window right now, being being a good boy. Good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's start with him. This is kind of the first thing we asked everybody. It's just how, you know, it came about that you're a Jets fan. Just looking through your Twitter bio a little bit. It's kind of fascinating. You live in Jersey, um, Army Intel, Dog Mom, you mentioned, Auntie, uh, and, and a Jets. But before all of that stuff, bourbon lover, punk rock, all these things. But first, <laughs> NY Jets fanatic. So how did how did you become a Jets fanatic? So my dad had season tickets to the Jets from 1985 to 2002. Uh, the deal was when I was growing up, I had to be able to use the ladies' room at the old Giants Stadium by myself. Uh, that, was, that was the qualifier to being able to join my dad for a game. Um, I was at the Monday Night Miracle as a 10-year-old, as a um, and it really just kind of blossomed from there. I really got into football when I was in college, but I unfortunately went to college in Boston and lived there for the oh, boy. previous 15 years. So that was challenging <laughs> but uh i moved to virginia for work last fall and it just got it was a little bit closer to to my folks in jersey and 
I put in for season tickets and I was like, dad, you want to do this? I can back out and get the $200 back. He was like, no, let's do it. So we're back with season tickets. It's been a good year for it, but uh, yeah, I've been a Jets fan since as far back as I can remember the whole family. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing every Sunday. So. That's awesome. So you, I love the family connection. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you live in Virginia and drive up for all the home games to go to the games. I do. With yeah. Oh, I wow. live in Arlington, Virginia, and I drive up usually Saturday mornings, uh, stay at my folks' place or my sister's place. And uh, usually we'll take off on Monday, but I have gotten up at five o'clock in the morning and drove oh, back to DC on Monday morning before. Wow. How long I have done drive? That drive many times. And it's, yes, it's not as a, as a chirp, you probably know that. Drive. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it's a good four hours. Oh, no. So. I, if, if I leave early on Saturday, I can make it in three, okay. like 310. Um, but if I leave any later than 8 a.m., it's going to be a four hours. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. That's dedication. Dedication That's right there. True yes. Jets And fan. thank you for your service because we appreciate yes. the Jets yes. fandom, but that is obviously the most important. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm, I'm lucky. I love my job very much. So awesome. it, uh, it's all working out. Awesome. Well, before we get into the picks, let's take a look at the standings. Uh, we had oh, picks great. from the listener last week. He could not join us because we didn't have a show, uh, but you can check out uh nooner nation's instagram account or was it his tiktok his tiktok I tiktok think. yeah TikTok. uh where he With actually the posted the coin making the picks the magic coin that has picked Amazing. all the jets game this year went three and oh last week he picked the bucks colts and chargers now that was the coin uh the listener herself two and one <laughs> vikings giants bears <laughs> They still the lead. You guys are still in the lead, Nick. So plenty of pressure. 15 and 12, the listeners. Right uh, Zach, one game back at 14 and 13. Uh, I had my best week of the year. 3 and 0 to get to 13 and 14. Oh, wow. Marissa is going I'm to shift. In I'm in Arlington. I'm You're going to let here. somebody else start. The picks, right? yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we always let I'm the leader go first. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nick, you are up first with your picks. All right. Um, so game one, I'm taking Chicago plus three at Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's defense started off really great out the gate, and they had that terrible game against the Bengals, and they haven't really been right since. I think they've had a lot of injuries in their secondary too. Chicago's defense is also terrible, but obviously Justin Fields is playing out of his mind in a, in a at least in a fantasy football aspect right now. So I just don't think Atlanta has the offensive firepower to keep up with them. So uh, give me Chicago plus three over Atlanta. Um, Washington minus three at Houston. I'm going to take Washington. Uh, that run defense is terrible. And we just saw Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson run all over yeah. the Eagles on Monday night. So, uh, give me Washington, even with the minus three, uh, scary Terry's heating up. Uh, he's got a nice connection with Heineke and I think Stingley's going to be out this weekend. So I'll let me take Washington on that. And dear God, please don't let me regret this. I'm going to take the jets plus three at the Patriots. Uh, the boys are undefeated on the road. I don't think Zach's going to make the same mistakes as he did last time. And quite frankly, if they can get the ball out in 2.2 to 2.5 seconds like they did last time, you nullify Matt Judon, who is their best player on their defense. And I think you do that and you win the turnover battle, you, you beat that team. Dudes were open all day last game. Zach was just airmailing it to them. So I think uh, you clean up the, the poor mistakes uh, by the quarterback. And I, I, think, I think the Jets... Um, you know, screw up the coin, but <laughs> oh yeah, we you should have referenced that. I know. I was gonna say yeah. going yeah, against the you coin. Don't have to go back to Arlington. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a good point, though. We we should have mentioned that the coin has the Jets losing 
the next two weeks this weekend yeah. against the Bears, but finishing eleven and six and going to the AFC Championship. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm still good with that. I think yeah. <laughs> we'll continue to track the coin. Uh, yeah. All right, Zach, you're a game back. Go ahead. All right. I was going to pick the Jets, but I kind of don't want to go against the coin. I, I did pick them in my official preview notebook, though. But uh, so I'm going to pick the the Bengals minus three and a half against the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers beat the Saints, but the Saints it looks like are bad. Uh, so I think the Bengals are pretty good. Although, I mean, you never know with them week to week. Um, I was going to do the Lions plus three against the Giants. I just I just keep waiting for the Giants to lose. They keep, you know, trying to lose every week. And then the other team just hands right back to them. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. And I was also going to do the Bears plus three against the Falcons. Bears just seem like they have, even though they keep losing, which I get, they have like a special quarterback and it seems like they're in it every game. So I don't, I don't really trust the Falcons. So that's why I'm doing that one. Yeah. And you get the three points. It feels like the Bears yeah. are, have been safe to like to get close. Um, all right. I am going head to head with you on one of these, Zach. I'm going to take the Giants minus three. Ooh. I've I've gone against them so many times and they keep winning. <laughs> so this will be the week that they lose. Um, I just, I know the Lions won last week against the Bears, but I'm, I'm going to take the Giants. I, I believe in them. Uh, in the, this one was tough, but the disappointment bowl between the Broncos and the Raiders, uh, two teams <laughs> that were supposed to be really good and both stink. I'm going to go with the Broncos at home minus two and a half. It seems like the Raiders may be mailing it in at this point. Um, and finally, I am also like you, Nick. I'm going with the Jets plus three. Uh, they're zero and two, I think, when I picked them. Unfortunately, hopefully they can <laughs> turn like that, that around here. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets plus three. I, I just can't believe. Well, I guess you can believe, right? If you figure the home field advantage is three points, it's kind of a pick 'em. Um, but I, I think the Jets go up there and win. Something tells me. All right, Marissa. All right. Well, my picks are usually pretty terrible. So I don't <laughs> take them as you may, but. I also had the Giants minus three versus the Lions. I, I don't think the Lions are, you know, I think they'll give they'll give heart, but I don't I think the Giants got that one minus three. My next pick, Eagles minus six and a half. I know it's kind of a bigger spread. They're coming off a loss, but Nick Sirianni used to coach in Indianapolis, mm -hmm. and I think he's gonna be a little salty what they just did to his buddy Frank Reich. So I think the Eagles are gonna really try and drive up the score there. And I mean, we all saw the Colts win last week, but it was versus the Raiders. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves on that one. And then Saints minus three versus the Rams. The poor Rams, man. Oh, they man, can't they catch stink. a break. I mean, Cooper Cup out now. Like they've gone through 10 offensive line. Awful. I just think like I, I think they'll come with heart, but I just don't think they have the pieces. So Saints yeah, minus three. Sad. Yeah, the Super Bowl hangover is is real. Yeah, it is I mean, the Super Bowl thing. injury bug. Geez, it's like yeah. every week they lose a key player. Well, they went all in on winning it last year, so it's now yeah, they're paying. Well, that's a scary thing, yeah. right? They have no draft out. picks for like. Yeah, right? they have no yeah. draft yeah. picks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that model, uh, you know, how long term how that goes. But I mean, flags. I think a lot of fan bases would trade in a championship for yeah. flags. Yeah, flag exactly. Forever. Yeah. Oh, the Jet Jets fans would for sure. Yeah. Yeah, a decade of being terrible for one championship. Absolutely. Yeah. I think most, oh, yeah. most fam other than like, Nick, the would Yankees. you take it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of decades of being terrible with no championship. Exactly. So yes, I'll, I'll take, take one with a terrible yeah. with the championship. Very much. Exactly. All right. That that's going to do it. By the way, we always want you to use, if you want to sign up for the athletic, the athletic.com slash can't wait. But I will say if you want to hang in there until Monday, best deal of the year coming a dollar a month for 12 months. So remember the athletic.com slash can't wait. 
Well, wait till Monday when that is in full effect. It's and I, then I think the code is Chris Trevler, right? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got uh, it in. There. We almost I almost it. forgot. Well <laughs> done, Jack. Saved us at the buzzer. It's not um, actually the code, by the way. Don't try and plug that yeah, in. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Can't wait. Slash can't wait. Um, that's going to do it for us. Enjoy the game on Sunday. It should be a good one. And these games count. And it's pretty cool to watch the Jets playing these games. We'll have a recap next week. Talk to everybody then.